Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple. This is the podcast where we take the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can get started, you can take action, you can get involved, you can start today. I am your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined, as always, by Dan Sweater Season Kruger. It is sweater season. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it is. I love a good sweater. I, I don't love sweaters. I'm a jacket guy. I see that. Yeah, I'm always wearing a jacket if I can. Yeah. I got a sweater coming today, though. Sweaters are just easy. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I would miss sweaters if I lived in a location where they were like never required. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the real estate. Let's get let's talk about let's talk about what happens in a syndicate or in a, in a joint venture. We'll talk about that too. When an investor backs out, let's assume they back out at the last minute. Hmm. What, what happens? Uh, well, we feel we take it personally. I cry. Uh, we feel emotionally sad. I feel devastated and yeah. abandoned in my in our time of monetary need. Yeah, we yeah we're very insecure. No, in all seriousness, um, the this is this is a thing that you do need to worry about, especially if you are newer and you don't have a super tra- super long track record uh, raising money from investors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once you have a good track record, this becomes much less of a deal. But it's I think probably the main point of anxiety that a new syndicator has once that deal is under contract. You're trying to raise capital, like. Can we get it all? Can we make it happen in thirty days? Yeah, let's, um, let's talk about why. Why would an investor back out? Because like we had a couple of these actually yeah. happen um, in the last year. We raised we raised a lot of capital in the last mm-hmm. year for our deals, and we we had a it, it was an interesting time because we started our capital raising efforts in June, and June, July, August were very interesting, and now we're you know even more interesting times. And a lot of people lost money in crypto. The stock market's way down, so pe- liquidity disappeared for people. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other reasons that somebody might just like back out? Uh, cold feet. I think a lot yeah. of newer investors, they love the idea of investing. And then when it comes down to actually wire 50 grand, you know, they might just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm not ready. I don't know enough. I don't feel quite right, which I don't think is wrong at all. Yeah. If you don't feel good about it, then don't do it. I wonder, actually, I'm trying to think off, to, off the top of my head. Have we ever really had an investor that fell into that category? Because I don't think they'd ever really straight up say it. They don't like, say that, yeah. No, I think they, they'll rate it off as something else. Um, ah, my dog ate my it. money. I've never heard it, but I, I, I have imagine. to assume that that's yeah. a very common issue for a newer investor. Just 100%. If I was nervous. in that boat, I would not tell you I wasn't ready. I would just come up with some other excuse because there's plenty. Yeah. Like, oh, I lost money in the stock market, crypto, it's just not a good time. Or I have this other thing. I thought I was going to get money. It didn't yeah. come through. And a lot of these things are true. Like, so as an operator, you got to be prepared for like what happens if somebody backs out. And so there's a couple things you can do on this front. And it's, it's hard in the beginning. Cause like you said, like every dollar is sacred, you're, you're scrimping and scrounging to get those deals together where we're at now, when an investor backs out, it actually doesn't rock the boat all that much because we have a long list of investors behind them. We can backfill it usually pretty easily. But in the beginning, if you don't have that, 
Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, in the beginning, I mean, the, the, the only thing you can do, even early on, and this is tough, is, uh, and everyone says you should do it, uh, but you should, quote unquote, overraise. And I was always yes. confused early on, like, what does that mean? You get more money than you need and then send it back? And it's like, no, 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 you you get enough commitments before people actually start wiring. And then once you get that point, you keep taking commitments, but let people know they're waitlisted, right? Mm -hmm. So if something like this happens, if someone backs out, then they're in, but you get that waitlist going. I think that's the best yeah. practice that people can do. Yeah, the, the message there is do not stop raising until you have all the money in the bank. Yeah. Because, and, and you keep hitting the message that, hey, your place in this deal is not secure until the money, until your money hits the bank. And even then it might not be secure. It might still change, but that's like the first hurdle. Cause what will happen a lot with investors is they'll like fill out the subscription agreement, life gets busy or something happens and they'll, they'll, they'll sign the documents, but they won't wire the funds for a couple more weeks. And so then you're, you're just kind of wrangling cats, which is really frustrating. And then it's really more frustrating when you have that happen and they back out for some reason. And so if you had put all your chips into that one bucket thinking like, this guy or gal is going to come through and then they didn't, they just kind of strung you along and you stopped raising capital because you thought that money was good to go. Well, now you're in a lot of trouble. So message there is don't stop capital raising until the money's in the bank. Yeah. And I think I've heard, I, I know I've heard, I don't think that, um, that, you know, the common rule of thumb is you want to get you know 30% more in commitments than you actually need. And I feel like I'm trying to remember, I feel like we did the math at this on this at one point, that's that's kind of close. It's pretty close. Um, it was actually a little bit. We come under maybe like yeah, 20, twenty. I feel yeah. like it was mid, kind of twenty seven ish. It's kind of ringing a bell for some reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, twenty seven percent of people who said they were going to get in there and do the thing didn't. And yep. you know, so we left out one big one. There's obviously life events too. Tons of divorce, stuff. loss of a job. I think that's probably one of the most common reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, we've actually heard from investors that they weren't able to move forward as some sort of large black swan life event happened. Yep. So if you're if you're planning on you know you need a million dollars if you're doing a million dollar equity raise you should get soft commitments for 1.3 million and don't stop until you get 1.3 at that point you're probably good to go you know some people will back out some people will be too slow and as a result they'll miss out and so it's really important that you are harping that narrative from the beginning hey your spot's not guaranteed and so you got to move quickly and that way if they don't get into the deal it's their fault not yours. And you also want to be transparent with the whole waitlist thing. You don't want to uh, imply that people are not on a waitlist. Uh, mm -hmm. You want to let them know like, hey, technically we're full, but you know, you're first in line if somebody backs out because if people feel like they're in and then uh, you turn around to tell them like, hey, we actually got a bunch more commitments than we needed and you're not in, that might want, want. Yeah, that might not look yeah. too good. You might not be able to get them into this deal, but yeah. you definitely won't be able to get them into the next deal if they hate you. So careful, careful how you handle it. a good that. look. Yep. All right, so that's what you do if, oh, actually, no, let's take another angle. This might go over 10 minutes, but let, we can do it real quick. Mm. What happens if we're doing a joint venture and our money partner or like a primary money partner falls through? What do we do then? Yeah, that's a bigger deal that's because big in one. these syndications, you might have 15, 20, 30 people. In a small JV, you might have one or two people contributing the money. So that could be a big deal uh, if that happens. Um, one thing that we, we haven't really had much of these types of issues because we have typically really good relationships with the people that we're doing joint ventures with. But if we didn't, if it was the first kind of deal with that type of uh, setup, uh, we think it's wise to get some sort of skin in the game, some earnest money, uh, get that investor to participate um, on that side of things so that if they do have to back out, there's a, it hurts a little bit for them. Yeah. So we, we had a, an investor who came to us. We didn't have a prior relationship with them. We worked together on a joint venture. And that was what we proposed was, hey, you know, you're going to bring the money, but we're taking a big risk here on you. Like if you don't come through because he was doing 1031, I mean, lots of things can happen at 1031s. And so we, we didn't want to go down this path 
and then get to the closing table and realize his money wasn't going to be there and then be left holding the bag ourselves. So we proposed him putting up the earnest money and he was totally cool with it. And <laughs> we summarily forgot to actually collect it. Everything worked out in the end, but, um, also, yeah. there's not that many things with the 1031 that can go wrong. He can't go in and, uh, you know, lose the money somehow because in this situation, that money, the properties have been sold and it's just sitting in with the uh, the intermediary waiting to be deployed. So I feel like that's a less risky scenario than if somebody just had cash that they were, you know, theoretically going to go. Well, well, you could imagine um, what if he, because he had multiple closings and they weren't closed yet. So if one of his closing, let's say the seller or the buyer, for his property that he was selling, decided to back out at the last minute for whatever reason. Right now his deal doesn't go through and we were like a week before our own closing. Now our closing gets pushed. But then what if the seller on our side gets pissed and he's, he, he's like, nope, you guys missed your, your close. We knew that wasn't gonna happen in this case because we have a really good relationship with the seller. Mm. But you could imagine a scenario of like events occurring where you're like, oh man, we got screwed on that one. So tread lightly. I don't, there's not a good answer on that one, truthfully. You just be have careful. to be careful Partner and vet your people. joint venture partners yeah. and, you know, hopefully you have. In that case, we felt pretty confident. Even if he was to back out, we it wasn't going to be an issue. We could get it done still. Yeah. But again, that's time, experience, relationships, and that's not going to happen overnight. So hopefully this was helpful for you. Find, find folks at home. If it was, do us a favor, drop a review. If it wasn't, do us a favor, drop a review. Uh, it doesn't have to be a good one, but it would be better if it was. And uh, we appreciate that. How do you guys? Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.